Once again, Minions and Musings is back in your ears. Evil Jeff's back behind the mic. And Talislanta keeps rolling on. Thank you for joining me. We are continuing now on part two of the second edition handbook and campaign guide. Part one covered our table of contents, the intro, and the first chapter, which has the pieces that we need for character creation, talking about attributes, skills, uh, combat, and magic. So, where do we go? Well, we're going to start off today, chapter two, character types. Alright, so we start off with character types. Pretty much everything is the same. Anything from first edition or the other supplements has all been gathered into here. We have some slight changes that we'll note. And one of the pieces here is now that we have 119 playable character types. I think I saw somewhere where it said 120. Well, there's one of them where we've got like, you know, we call it a trader slash merchant or trader slash thief or something like that. I forget what it is. It's the same character. It's the same character type. There's no difference between them. It's just a nomenclature thing. But I went back. I did count. It was 119 total in there. So, what's new in here? Well, let's see. Uh, new character types that came from previous editions or from the Cyclopedia Talislanta. The Cimmerillion Warrior Mage. We've got the Mystic Warrior, uh, which has added the uh, name Mandolin Mystic Warrior in front of it. It was Mystic Warrior just before. Uh, Karakan Giant, which we saw as a creature in the Cyclopedia Talislanta. It's a playable class here. Uh, Satata Warrior, which is like the Karakan Giant. Saurian Dragon Priestess, which is new. Shadin Executioner's new. Tenassian Wizard is new. Verd Inframentron is new. Those haven't seen before. Uh, some other things that are just changing the name. The Ardua, a bird people, were originally listed by their color first. Now they put Ardua in there and then the color of said bird creature because they're different types. There's a green and there's a blue uh, differentiating between the warrior and the uh, botanomancer, I believe. Uh, the Nefarlin Black Savant is now listed just as a Black Savant. They've dropped the race name in there. Some other little pieces. Um, the Druk Hillman. There is added text for all of their enemies. Uh, no, you know, they, they don't like some people and some people really don't like them. Uh, the Green Man Symbiote, which I said originally was a more of an NPC race, though you may probably play it in certain very uh, certain circumstances. You know, not very often you're going to see it happening. Um, there's some added text about escaped slaves for those guys. Um, 
the Nagra Spirit Tracker has been mentioned in other texts. Well, it's actually new in here as well. Um, you see it listed and said, oh yeah, talk about this. Well, it never showed up in one e. Well, they did show up here. One of the other things that I saw was that there was a couple times that some of the character types were out of order. With the wall of text that it was, it was kind of hard to see it until I sat back a little bit. Now, I will say that even though they've done a little bit of formatting, expanded the, the font size, when you get into Chapter 2, looking at the character types, unfortunately, it's back to that smaller type. It's not as spaced out as nicely, but I think that's also because they want to conserve space. In later editions, they just you know, getting going for broke for the amount of pages they have in there. But here, this seemed like it was trying to be economical with the space that it had. So, we had that. Now, another note that I had about this that was interesting, and I've lost it where it was. Um, inside of the text of many of these races, what was new was the including of the Rajan classes or character types. Uh, and the Rajan people itself is an added bit of text that all of these other races that are there, this is the people that they hate. I mean, there's some hatred here and there, but the Rajans are ones that a lot of people hate. And kind of foreshadowing a little bit, uh, and I kind of had peeked ahead to 3rd edition, the Rajans actually play a big part of some issues that are going to occur later on. And if you're looking for a set of bad guys for any campaign, uh, the Rajans are right away the people that you would go and pick. As we move over to chapter three, skills, uh, in between the character types and the skills, we've got seven pages of drawings. So if you want to get an idea of what your class looks like, they are there. Uh, not all of them are in here. So you may need to go back to some of the other uh, books to get a picture of them. So just so we note that in there. So chapter three gets us into the listing of all of our skills. And it starts off on the very first page of the list of the skills themselves. So I printed it out and compared it against the first edition skills. Uh, first and foremost, a little bit bigger font, takes up the page better, easier to read. And I can quickly tell that they reorganize things. Things have been moved around. Uh, and some of it I would say, yeah, I agree with it. Other parts of it I'm like, well, maybe, maybe not. So we'll see. Um, but there were 11 new skills added in for second edition. Many of these came from Cyclopedia, Talislanta, and then the Sorcerer's uh, Guide from 1E. Uh, 
couple of the skills have been renamed in there. And in the end, they ended up dropping four skills because either it was redundant or they just did. And it's a little bit puzzling on, on one or two of them there as we get to go through them. Um, there's also four skills listed in the text of all the skills that are not listed on the list of skills page. So kind of weird that they missed that. Again, that's probably an editing thing. So just so you know, you need to be aware of that. Kind of reach in there and grab those things. Maybe in 3rd edition, 4th edition, maybe that's been corrected. But just so you know, if you're going to use 2nd edition, you need to do a little reading and add those skills back in there on your list. Okay? One of the ones that's missing that I found um, uh, absurd in a way was... In 1E, under Wilderness Skills, it was known as Evasion. Well, I'm like, well, if it's not there, fine. Well, unfortunately, two of the character types refer to Evasion as one of the skills that they get, but there is no text for it. So you would definitely have to go back to 1st edition and do it. And besides the fact that in our previous podcast where we talked about in part four, combat in chapter one, under character crea um, character creation and everything, um, or introduction, excuse me, part four combat talks about pursuit and evasion. So why not have that evasion skill to help you get away a little bit easier? Uh, what else do we have here? What are new? Well, again, archery, artillerist, command, under combat skills, weaponless combat, uh, magical alchemical skills. We have Crete Simulacrum, uh, sorceress hybridization. It's definitely new for the second edition. Uh, combat skills and the magical skills are actually missing a couple of them. Uh, the Xantir Blademanship is listed in the book, is in the list of combat skills, but it's not listed in the uh, set of combat, list of all combat skills. Uh, concoct medicinal, medicinal mixtures and concoct powders are not in the list of skills on the page, but they the text is in the book itself. Uh, a couple renames where we had Beast Handler. It's now renamed Animal Handler. Is Beast Handler on the list? Animal Handler in the text itself. Uh, hunting and Fishing, where that was once in Backgrounds and Common Abilities, has been moved over to your Wilderness Skills as one. Uh, Identify Flora and Fauna used to be a background common ability. That's now a wilderness skill. Wilderness Survival was moved as well. Uh, a couple thieving talents like Streetwise, Underworld were moved from background common abilities are now under thieving talents, which I kind of think that Streetwise 
could be something that is a background skill. So if you're going to move some stuff around, uh, take a take a second to look at it and how it would affect your campaign, your world there. Other than that, when you look at the text for all of these skills, it is pretty much word for word. Occasional cleanup of language, uh, occasional rewording, just to make sure that uh, we're clear on things. Uh, the layout is pretty much the same. It is in a little bit smaller font. Uh, Spacing is a little nicer. It, it, we do have some spacing within there, so it's not as uh, much of a feel of this massive wall of text. So you can get through that, I, I think, pretty easily in there. So yeah, some nice pictures within that section as well. So yeah, that's what's new here in the skills for second edition. All right, chapter four. What does chapter four bring us in the second edition? Well, pretty much it's word for word what we had in first edition. The curious thing is that the sorcerer guide information, very little of it, if at all, is in here. So if you want to go to the higher level magics and so forth, you need to refer back to the first edition sorcerer's guide, which is definitely going to be compatible with the second edition, not a problem in there. Though there are a couple small little changes in there. Uh, under cantrips, the cantrip weird, which allows you to uh, invest magic into an item and it will always return to you. You could throw it away or it could be stolen from you, but then you could immediately call upon it and it will come back to you. Well, it's, 1E was a much more descriptive cantrip. Um, second edition has cut out a lot of the extra language. While it's streamlining it, it leaves a lot more for interpretation. In 1E, you could actually throw the object at somebody, hit them with it, and then have it return back to you. I mean, there you go. Here's my spiked ball. Wham! Return back to me. Now, how that returns back to you, how long does it take. You see, there's interpretations that's going to go on there. So, we do have that. Uh, only other thing that would be of note is that they did rename some of the spells. Beforehand, uh, you would have things like Spell of Eldritch Power, which was how it was listed in 1E. Well, in 2E, it's now just listed as Eldritch Power. Everything else is the same. Same thing as elemental power and mystic power. So th those are all, really nothing has changed there. So magic, pretty much the same as it was in 1E. Alright, chapter 5 gets us into the equipment section. This is basically... Just adding in all the stuff that we've uh, had in previous editions, uh, previous source books. Things have expanded. Uh, the armor has been expanded a little bit. Now we've got um, talking about not only black iron, 
but we also have red iron which is only half the weight of black iron and we also have blue iron which is a quarter of the weight of black iron and the cost definitely goes up there red iron is twice as much as anything in black iron blue iron is four to five times the amount and there's not a lot of blue iron out there when you get to looking at Atlanta, it's not a huge amount of metal and there's not a lot of mining going on there so uh, yeah we'll have to see what's going on with that but uh, dragon hide lizard hide you know those are available in there as well and if you're lucky maybe you can have somebody enchant it um, we expand out the herbs and plants which is nice because if you were hey uh, somebody wants to buy you know, we got somebody who wishes to sell, I don't know, lotus plants. Okay, well, there's several different types of lotus plants. Well, you can see what the cost is per lotus plant, and then you can kind of get an idea. Okay, well, if you get plants for this merchant, it'll cost you like, you know, he'll pay you half the price of what he sells it for or something. You know, you happen to see these plants on a trip oh look we gather them hopefully they make the trip we sell them elsewhere so we've got a nice little piece there um, beasts are in there as well we've got a page showing us the domesticated beasts that would be uh, part of our Tales Lantern milieu the weaponry we've got pictures of many of them not all of them I don't think this is as many as we had beforehand so you might want to go back and look in other source books for additional pictures of the weaponry. We do have pictures of the conveyances, the common ones, wind ships, uh, war wagon, a dune ship in there. So, not really any big thing. Probably the thing that is annoyance is the fact that in previous first edition, the conveyances had information about or each conveyance had a page that talked about it and aspects of the item itself. Don't have that here in second edition. So you definitely would have to go back to previous source books to find it. Kind of seems like a little bit of a cost-saving measure. I don't know. Uh, about what you were going to you know, put in here. You, know, you didn't want to expand it out to too many pages. So I guess that's where they were. Well, we're going to call it there. We've got three more chapters to go through. But if I put that all together in this one, we would extend this out well past the 30-minute mark. So we'll leave it at roughly a 20-minute time frame here, which seems to be pretty good. Um, also gives me more podcasts later on. <laughs> No, I'm not counting podcasts. But let's do that, and that way we've got a decent episode next time. So chapter 6, 7, and 8 in part 3. Thank you for listening, and I hope to hear lots of questions and comments. Well, we always hope to hear that. But you know, if you've got something to say, 
call me up. Either leave a message through the Anchor app, or you can email eviljeff at sc.rr.com with an audio file, and I'll edit it in somehow. So hopefully we'll have some call-in collectives where we get some nice feedback. But as we're heading on, let's get into part three next. See you next week. Be good. Be safe. Game well. And have a good day.